Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hey, my name is John, and there truly is nowhere. There is truly nowhere on the face of the earth that I would rather be than to be right here with those of you in Ottawa, those in Peru, those online, and if you and I, as hard as it is to admit, if we really think about it, something to believe in describes the reality of the world in which we live. The reality is, friends, is that there is darkness. There is pain, there is hurt, there is difficulty. There are pastors and leaders who take advantage of their power, and they fail the very people that they are blessed and honored to lead. There is depression, there's suicide, there's anger and conflict. There is death, there is divorce, there is loneliness. There are financial hardships. There is a pandemic that disrupts our lives and it burdens us in countless ways that we can't even fully quantify how difficult these last two years have been. I don't think the COVID-19 pandemic has left any of us unchanged. It's been a difficult season. There are best friends whose lives end way too soon. Makes no sense to us. We, We just don't understand. And friends, when we peruse the landscape of life, we can quickly gather that life is not fair. Often, life does not make sense. Now, none of this would come as a surprise to the disciple named John who wrote one of the books in the Bible called John, who lived when Jesus did and observed his life. And towards the end of John's life, he wrote down his experiences and his observations of the life of Jesus. John experienced incredible horror and chaos during his life. He was alive in 66 AD when King Nero sent General Vespasian into Galilee. Thousands of Jewish people were killed and thousands more were captured and sold into the slave markets of Rome. John had these incredible childhood and warm memories about Jerusalem and as the war continued, He witnessed people, residents starved to death, horrific plagues. History records that by the time that war ended, four years later, in 70 AD, over a million Jews were slaughtered. John was alive in 81 AD when Domitian executed a violent persecution against Christians. John was exiled to the island of Patmos. He was alive when King Nero executed two of his closest friends and early church leaders, Peter and Paul. And I always want to add Mary into that mix, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I understand a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Friends, listen. We have a choice to make, don't we? We have a choice to make, each and every one of us. It's not really a one-time decision, but we do have a choice to make. Can, can I explain it to you, share it with you? There are two ways that you and I can live our life. We can either look at God through the lens of pain and chaos and hurt 
and suffering. And we, we, can, we can allow these pains of life to determine what we do or don't believe about God. That's one way that we can live life. Or we can take an honest and authentic look at God. And every so often there is sometimes some perhaps meaning or some comfort to some of the pains and the difficulties in our life. So we're all going to live with some lens in life. We all know a lot of people, they live their life and they base everything, they look through the lens of hurt and pain and suffering. And they determine that's the God that they do or do not believe in. Pastor, a friend of mine, started a new church in North Dakota. For extra income, he got a job at a motorcycle dealership. Uh, Mike knew absolutely nothing about motorcycles. Um, he quickly... Uh, quickly became, uh, within about three, four months, he became the leading salesperson. Little trick in sales, sometimes the best salespeople know absolutely nothing about what they're selling. They just focus on meeting people and making them feel comfortable. And that Mike is off the charts good at that. So like someone would come in and they'd be looking at bikes and they would point to a certain bike and they'd be like, oh man, what size engine does that bike have? And he'd look at it and he goes, oh, about this big, three feet by about a foot and a half. And they would laugh, and they'd end up buying a motorcycle from him. Well, when they found out, all the other salespeople found out he was a pastor, they began calling him Preacher Man. It was a week of Christmas, and they had a little sales gathering out on the floor. And at the end of their sales meeting, one of them looked at him and said, Hey, Preacher Man, it's Christmas. Why don't you tell us something about Christmas within five minutes so that we can get to work? So Mike stood up. He goes, I totally unexpected. He said, You know what? only thing that comes to my mind is when I was a kid, before we opened up our gifts on Christmas Eve, my dad would pull out a Bible and he'd read the story of the birth of Jesus. And so he pulled out a Bible on his phone and he read through the story of Jesus. And that was his little Christmas, uh, uh, his talk for the day. Well, he kind of dispersed and they were chit-chatting and all of a sudden one of the guys said, hey, preacher man, I got to admit to you, I had absolutely no clue. I did not know that the story of Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men, I didn't know that that was in the Bible. I had no idea that's where that came from. Well, and a couple of the other guys were like, whew, I'm sure glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. I had no idea that that's in the Bible. So on this Christmas Eve, I thought it would be appropriate for us just to take a look at the Christmas story from the Bible. It's found in the books of Matthew and Luke and I'm not going to read all of it, but I'll share with you, if you open your Bible to the book of Luke, at the very beginning, Luke shares with us that he was a medical doctor. He was one of the most accurate historians of his day. So Luke does not begin with once upon a time or in a galaxy far, far away. Luke starts with, I have interviewed and investigated those who were there, those who were eyewitnesses, and I've put together an orderly account and Luke gives us all sorts of details. He's very detail-oriented. So in chapter 1, verse 26, he says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and you can read about that earlier in chapter 1, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. You can already see, Luke is giving very specific details to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He's a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Mary asked the angel, how will this be, since I'm a virgin? It's a very good question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, if you go over to Matthew, you read about Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together... um, That's a beautiful way of saying before they physically connected, if you get what I am saying, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Friends, this was a really, really hard day for this teenage girl named Mary. To be pregnant before marriage in her society was a capital offense. She could have been burned to death or executed for this situation. But after he, Joseph, had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, All of the Jewish children, which Mary and Joseph were, they all learned at a very early age in their religious education classes that a Messiah was going to come, that a Messiah was going to set them free, rescue them from the unfair uh, ruling of the Roman government upon their land. The Messiah would overthrow their enemies and restore them to a great nation. But But the angel did not stop with, he will save his people. The angel added three more words. He will save his people from their sins. So a whole new concept that no one had been taught at this time. Going back to Matthew chapter 22, or verse 22, chapter 1, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. So, when we began tonight's service, we read, the kids read to us from Luke chapter 2 to travel from the small village of Nazareth to Bethlehem was around 75 miles. That was no easy trek in those days. And the reason Mary and Joseph traveled those 75 miles was because Caesar Augustus, who was the first king of Rome, decided to take a census. Does that matter? In the Old Testament, friends, prophets had foretold that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. God used the king of Rome to help fulfill an Old Testament prophecy from 700 years earlier. The birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ fulfilled 353 Old Testament prophecies from 700 or more 
years old. Mary, Joseph, Caesar Augustus, Jesus. Friends, listen, these are real people who lived in real places at a real time in recorded history. Hey, John, thanks for sharing all that wonderful historical data. What in the world difference does that make? I'm so glad you asked, otherwise we had no reason to keep going here. <laughs> Some of you are like, man, I wish he wouldn't keep going. <laughs> Friends, listen. Chris Christianity is not based on a fairy tale. It's not based on blind faith. Christianity is based on the fact that something happened. Something most unusual happened 2,000 years ago. God came to earth and things happened and a noted historian named Luke and a very wealthy tax collector whose life was radically changed forever named Matthew wrote it down. It was talked about by eyewitnesses shared throughout the early church and people have died so that you and I can now own a Bible. 2,000 years later, we can read about it in our native tongue, English. We don't have to learn Hebrew. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek. <laughs> we now have it translated in English if you speak English. If you speak another, another language, the Bible is translated in a language that you and I can understand. I am a follower of Jesus Christ today because something happened 2,000 years ago. And what happened 2,000 years ago has impacted and continues to impact my life today. So let's go back to the dilemma that something to believe in brings into our life. We can look at God through the lens of pain, hurt, chaos, or we can take an honest, authentic look at God. We can discover his desires, his character, his view of us, and his activity that we read in the Bible. As I shared with you, John, John went through horrific, horrific pain and suffering in his life. And yet, right away in the first chapter of his book, he said, in him, in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him, all might believe. All might believe. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be with those of you in Ottawa and those in Peru and those online, because here's the fact. <laughs> If you go back four, five, six months, I didn't know any of you. But you know what? If you're following Jesus Christ and I'm following Jesus Christ, you realize we're part of a forever family. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Whew. That's changed everything about my life. Everything. See, John wanted to tell us this isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a, just some story. This isn't fantasy island. And at this point, I'm so tempted to say, de plain, de plain. And once again, <laughs> most of you have no clue what I'm even talking about. <laughs> A few of you got it. A few more than Peter, Paul, and Mary, anyway. <laughs> this is very personal. 
It's a personal story. God came near. He came to rescue. He came to redeem you. I'm just going to tell you a little story as I wrap up. Four years ago, it was a week before Christmas, I had breakfast with a very successful business owner. His name is Don. In 1979, he took over a company that only had a few employees. Now, four years ago, he employed over 150 people. He had just opened a whole new branch in another city in Minnesota. Don is a great guy. He loves the Lord. He's one of the smartest strategic business owners and business people that I've ever gotten to know and just a super wise guy. During our conversation, I don't even remember how we got on the topic, but he shared with me that his dad had died seven years previously and then his mom passed away one year after his dad did. And then he asked me about my parents and I told him that my mom had passed away a year earlier and that my dad died when I was one year old. I shared with them how much I grieved the loss of my dad in recent years. I, sometimes I thought it was going to get better, but sometimes that loss, it, it's still pretty real. Just keeping it honest with you. <laughs> well, at this point, I looked at Don and he looked at me and there we were, two growing men at Perkins Restaurant in Alexandria, Minnesota. And he had some tears streaming down his cheek and I had some tears streaming down mine. We realized that we couldn't pick up a phone. He couldn't call his mom and dad at Christmas time, and I realized I couldn't either. Before I could say anything, Don looked at me and he said this, doesn't it seem strange that two men, growing men in their 50s, <laughs> both pretty successful in their life and their careers, are sitting in a restaurant admitting that we both miss our mom and our dad. He said, I could see if we were little kids at Bible camp and we were crying because we miss our mom and dad, but we're like growing men. <laughs> there was complete silence. And then he said this, John, that desire to be, to be relationally close to our parents is put into us by God. He said, that is another reason why I believe we were created by God for a relationship with him. I believe in every human heart there is a desire to be close and to be connected with our creator. Oh, you can deny it, you can hide it, you can try and fill your life with all sorts of other stuff, thinking that longing is gonna go away, but I'm old. The reason I wore a gray sweater, someone said, well, it matches your hair, John. <laughs> Don't you just love that? <laughs> I'm old, you can trust me. I've hung out with a lot of different people in my life. You can deny it as much as you want. I believe in every human heart there's a desire to be connected to our Creator. I'm not here to force anything on you. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I am 100% convinced. Based on the record of the Bible, based on my own personal experience, based on my observations of thousands and thousands of people, that you and I are created. We are wired in our inmost being for friendship with God. We were created to be close to God. The challenge is that there's a gap. Because of our sin, there's a gap between us and God. And for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son 
that whoever believes in him, whoever places our faith and trust in him, he bridges the gap between us and our creator. We have to believe in him. We have to receive him. Oh, my goodness. It's good news. I don't know for you that's good news for me. Just keeping it real. It's been a tough year. I was actually talking to my counselor last week, and he said, John, he said, give yourself some grace. He said, I don't know that you're being as kind to yourself. He said, this whole season of pandemic and all, it's all put a lot bigger burden on people than what we realize. Oh, we've tried to just fight our way through it and act as if everything's okay, but a lot of things aren't. We're still dealing with it. You either just stop reading the news. (laughs) But friends, for 2,000 years, for 2,000 years in the Christian church, we have had a practice to celebrate that connection, that communion. With holy communion, we celebrate the opportunity that you and I have to be connected to our Creator. So I want to say a word of prayer. If you have your elements, you, can, you don't need to open it yet. You can just pull this out and hold it in your hand. I want to say a short word of prayer. Then we are going to receive these elements to celebrate the opportunity that you and I have to be close, to be connected with our Creator. God, thank you. You've given us this day. You have given us this opportunity. You have drawn close to us Would you help us to take a next step with you? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.